0: This is the Bar Sports on a Sunday morning. Goldspin swings and he hits a
1: drive. He hits a
0: slammer.
1: Graybar, your distributor for electrical and datacom needs.
2: silicon win! Millikens
1: win! Now, from the Steeple Financial Sports Studio, Tom Ackerman. And a key block by the left guard, Tom Ackerman. And right here, let's go downstairs to Bonnie.
3: Marv, if you remember that uh, big run Robert Holcomb had on the first drive, one of the guys responsible on help busting him loose was Tom
2: Ackerman. Tom Ackerman
1: up front, and this is a unit that has played very well. A good night for Eddie George. 21 carries, 74 yards. The left guard, Tom Ackerman, with the block that that set him free. It's a first down. All right, thanks very much. It is time for NFL Picks Against the Spread. We do this every Sunday. We started it a couple of weeks ago. I went 10-5 and last week. I went a game under 500. That's not good enough, so let's try to rebound and have a good week. The NFL's hard to pick. These picks are my best guess as to what you should do against the spread this week, what I would do. Jacksonville leading Buffalo right now, 11-7 with 13 6 to go in the game. This game is in London. If you didn't know, there is NFL going on right now. It's on NFL Network. Josh Allen just had a pass picked off, but it was a deep pass that was picked at the Jacksonville 8, and the Jaguars will work with it from there with a four-point lead, 11-7 with 13-06 to go in the game. It's the Jaguars and the Buffalo Bills. So that game is scratched off of our list, but here are six noon games to choose from. I like doing this an hour early. just gives us a little breathing room. I don't, don't want to do this right before kickoff, you know. So here we are at 1107 Houston at Atlanta. Oh boy. Now the Falcons have had some trouble running the football effectively. uh, But if you look at their rushing yards, 128 per game, it sounds good. That's good for 12th in the league, but they are a team designed to run the ball. They're not a team designed to pass whatsoever. They have the worst passing in the league, 186 passing yards per game. Is pretty low. Uh, this Houston team is interesting. You know, Houston uh, right now, you know, you look at the Texans and their run game really hasn't gotten going yet. And that's disconcerting if uh, you're a Texans fan. But CJ Stroud is a good rookie quarterback. And while Carolina has sputtered out of the gate a little bit, try to figure out their quarterback situation, they have Jalen Hurts. Uh, I'm sorry, they have um, Bryce Young, <laughs> the other Alabama quarterback. Um, getting things started there. But, you know, the first overall pick, C.J. Stroud has come in as a rookie and done quite well in Houston. They'll be visiting the Falcons today. Stroud is fourth in the league with 1,212 yards passing. That is the second most by a player in his first four games ever. <laughs> That's very impressive. I... I, I, I'm tempted to pick the Texans here. I really am. However, I'm going to go Falcons at home, minus 2.5. I like the Falcons to cover this game and win this by a field goal. I do think it's worth keeping an eye on, though. Their quarterback, Desmond Ritter, has not been very good, but I think the Falcons just be smart here. Bijan Robinson's averaging six yards a carry. Just put the ball on the ground. Get the ball to Tyler Allgaier as well, his backup. Give him some goal line carries, whatever you got to do and get away with a win. I'm going to go Atlanta minus two and a half. Carolina at Detroit. I just mentioned Carolina. They're a nine-point dog on the road. Don't like that for them either. I think that that's a a tough spread if you're picking Carolina. I like Detroit actually to stomp on them pretty good by at least 10 today at home, although Carolina eventually is going to get one. The Lions are good. They're three and one. I love that win they had recently at Lambeau Field. Also today, you've got Tennessee at Indianapolis. That one starts at noon, a battle of a pair of two and two teams. Really like this Titans team. I think they've got some good pieces. I'm intrigued by the Colts. I think they're sort of a wild card to me, not a wild card team in the AFC necessarily, but just I'm not sure what to expect from them from week to week. And they're a two-and-a-half-point underdog at home today to the Titans. I don't love the Titans enough to just go in there and take the game. And I'm going to go with the Colts getting two and a half at home. I like the Colts at home today, plus two and a half. Giants at Miami, it's a 12 and a half point spread. I was not big on the Dolphins last week against the Bills. If you recall, there was an ESPN graphic headline that said, is the Dolphins the best offense ever? And I scoffed at that. Like, you got to be kidding me. I mean, it's not even the best Dolphins offense ever. That is Dan Marino and and Duper and Clayton. That's the best Dolphins offense ever. Or or Zonka and that offense even. But, and then they got rightfully crushed by the Bills yesterday, or last week, which I thought was going to happen. I don't think this Dolphins team is that good. However, today... They are going to just absolutely throttle your giants today, Drew. I mean, it is not going to be fun. If I had a lock today, I would pick the dolphins today, even with 12 and a half. I think, they, I think you give 12 and a half, and I think they are going to rock the Giants today. I think this is they are going to come back in a big way. The other noon game today, New Orleans at New England. Uh, Bill Belichick has his uh, tail between his legs at this point. The Saints are 2-2. Two and two, The Patriots are 1-3. and three. Noon kickoff, it's New England minus 2. They have been kicked around this year, the, the Patriots have. They won a game at the Jets, but they lost to the Eagles, the Dolphins. And then they got absolutely drilled by the Cowboys last week. I actually like them to bounce back and win today, and I think they're going to cover the two. I'm going to go New England minus two today against the Saints. Baltimore at Pittsburgh. This is a very important game for the Steelers. The Steelers at home are always interesting. They got embarrassed in their first game by the 49ers. Then they started to rally a little bit against Cleveland and at Vegas. And then they got thrown around by Houston last week. Same thing. I think this is a bounce back game for them as good as the Ravens are. And they're good. They're a five-point favorite. I'm going with the Dogs today. The Steelers plus five at home. Philadelphia at the Rams. Rams are surprisingly good. The Eagles are one of the best teams in the NFC. They are minus four at LA. The whole place will be green. Eagles fans will come out of nowhere and and fill that place because Rams fans don't really exist. It'll be Eagles minus four. I love it. I'll take Eagles minus four. Cincinnati at Arizona. Couple of one in three teams. Cincinnati's really hobbling right now. Arizona's very interesting because of their ability to throw the ball a little bit. I mean, they've they've got some some play there. They a little bit. I mean, it's not a great team by any stretch, but they can throw it around a little bit. Um, I do like this. Uh, Bengals team, I just they're just so banged up and unpredictable. Uh, they are a three-point favorite on the road at Arizona. I'm going to take them, though. I'm going to go Bengals giving the three to the home Arizona Cardinals. Cincinnati minus three. Jets at Denver, a couple of bad teams here. Denver's a two-point favorite. I like Denver at home in this one. Um, I really do. Uh, Denver minus two at home against the Jets. Sorry to my Jets friends. Kansas City at Minnesota. The Kansas City Swifts. Going on the road to take on the Vikings, Chiefs are three and a half point favorites at Minnesota. I, I thought the Chiefs are a little wobbly last week. I did pick the the Jets to cover at home against them, uh, not this time. I, I think the Chiefs are going to get the job done today and do it soundly. I like the Chiefs minus three and a half at Minnesota. Dallas at San Francisco is a phenomenal football game, just a classic. Looking back at some those uniforms will be fun for those of us that experienced those great days of. Montana and uh, you know, Steve Young and Troy Aikman and the battles through the years between the 49ers and the Cowboys. The 49ers are, I still say, the best team in football, and I will take them at home tonight, three and a half point favorite at home against the Dallas Cowboys. Monday night game, Green Bay at Vegas. Packers fans are freaking out right now. They will pack into Vegas and try to get a victory. The Raiders are two-point favorites at home against the Packers. Goodness gracious. Um, I'm going to go Green Bay plus two. Green Bay plus two on the road at Vegas. There you go. Those are your picks for today. We do have the Chiefs and the Vikings on KMOX today. 3.25 kickoff. It'll be called by Mitch Holtis and Danan Hughes. We will take a quick timeout. When we come back, we'll talk some soccer. Lutz, Fan & Steel, sporting director, St. Louis City SC. A visit with Jen Cease, along with Klaus. Yes, he'll be on the show as well. It is next on KMOX. Graybar, your distributor for electrical and data comm needs. Millikens win. Once again, from the Stiefel Financial Sports Studio, Tom Ackerman. It's 1120 on 1120 AM, 98.7 FM, the Odyssey app. Glad you're with us on sports on a Sunday morning on KMOX. I'm Tom Ackerman. We're sponsored by Graybar. And now is the time we visit with Lutz Fandensteel, Sporting Director, St. Louis City SC. We get this interview conducted by two of the members of our soccer staff on the City Broadcast, Santiago Beltran and Jennifer Cease.
2: All right, Lutz, I want to go back to the beginning of the season, specifically to media day, when I asked you about expectations and what would be success at the end of the season. And you said we are not really like targeting a specific position on the table, a specific state in the playoffs, we just want to compete. Did those expectations change during the season?
4: Yeah, kind of, but not really. I believe being competitive can mean anything. It can mean that you stretch the other team always to the end but it also can mean that you win a big number of games. It was 17 so far in the end, which is a pretty impressive number. I thought personally, when we finished our first training camp in Florida, that we will be competitive. And once we obviously had that great start, we already proved that we can be competitive over the whole season. Of course, you look at the table once in a while and we were pretty confident that we will make the playoffs. Finishing first, you know, that's of course a little bit the cherry on the top, given that, you would have not really expected, but we enjoyed every moment so far. There's still a lot of job to do. For me personally, it's more like planning into 24 and 25.
3: I remember when it was transfer window time, you stuck by your guns and said, first of all, we're not doing anything before the transfer window. Secondly, we're sticking to our game plan.
4: I think that is the most important thing. Like Bradley uses the phrase with the principles, what we're having on the field. And I think our principles, we're also using off the field when it comes to how we want to strengthen the squad. And if uh, something is not broken, there is no need to fix it. It worked well. We knew that we had maybe one or two open slots. We also knew that we may want to move one or two players out on loan to give them more playing time somewhere else. Just really work on the details and not trying to get overconfident by trying to add too much into a functioning team, it destroys the changing room, it destroys the atmosphere in the team. So we stuck to that and just really did what we had to do.
2: Planning for 24 and 25 now with the CONCACAF Champions Cup bird the team secure, is that going to change anything in your initial plan?
4: Yeah, it changes a little bit because obviously preseason will be a bit different, you know. In the end of the day, it won't really change the the big numbers in the squad because we work within a budget. So that's the beautiful thing, but also the difficult thing about the MLS. In Europe, if I have more competitions, you can add. Here we have to stick within what we have. Lots of teams had issues with that, but uh, on the other hand, you saw this year that we already rotated quite a lot in various games. Uh, We still were competitive again. And having that more competitions come in, I think it creates also more competition within the squad. Again, no, I have nothing changed from the idea before we qualified for the Champions Cup that we will have a few open positions for next season. We want to strengthen the squad in a few positions and get better in various areas of the field, and that's what we're going to do anyway, regardless if there is two, three, or four competitions.
3: There's a lot of hype, right? Everybody's excited about the playoffs, but you have to go one game at a time. How do you manage those expectations and still get excited about what's coming?
4: We had the motivation in the start of the season where nobody thought we can run straight. It didn't have to do anything with us, so we didn't take it personal because you think just the way spectrum teams are noticed in the media. For us internally, we wanted to prove a point. It's a young, hungry group. They enjoy every moment and carry that momentum over into the playoffs. It's another opportunity for us to show what we are capable of and even maybe can make the next step which nobody expected.
2: How important was to get a head start and have the MLS Next Pro team and even some of the international guys to join a year earlier?
4: I think this was our biggest advantage. MLS Next Pro came exactly in the right moment for us as we had that extra year of preparation. We had guys like Roman, like Klaus, like Edu already here. We had basically 50% already playing together for six months and that is very unusual for uh, any expansion team so far we knew each other very well and then we had another 50% of players slowly arrived but if we have the core already standing and especially our spine was here uh, since a long long time then things to get used to each other having a good preseason but that's not something which uh, I think would have been possible if we would have just opened the door and there is like literally 30 guys in there who never met each other it's very difficult and I think that was our big advantage, which we used to our advantage, and we won't have that advantage anymore next year, but we know each other very well by now.
3: You might have to do a little bit of different planning now that everybody knows, or they think they know what Lutz and Bradley have in their back pocket.
4: I think that's another one of the five <laughs> games, When I think I remember when we lost the first one or two games that everybody said, okay, now we figured them out. So it was for me kind of like a really entertaining first six months. It was always something else. First it was, we are lucky. Then the second one was like, they're passing us the ball. The third one was like, oh, now they are figured out. There was always something. Yeah, it, made, it made me smile it still makes me smile now i think it's pretty clear how we play but it's also pretty clear that other teams don't enjoy playing against us it's very obvious when a team comes into our stadium they are worried you sometimes see just on the body language that it's not the place they want to be so i mentioned it three years ago we want to build a fortress we want to be that team when you see the arch the other team should start to shiver i think you're in a good way to really do that
1: that is Lutz Fan, and Steel, sporting director, St. Louis City SC. And now? Dennerin stuffs one at the top of the box for KC. Now Luvin feeding Klaus, top of the six. Fight! Yeah! Yeah! The hell? Man, are you kidding me? It's gotta be three! And it's gotta be
0: close! Got me dancing like I just matched with Miley Cyrus on Celebrity Wife Swap!
3: Joao Klaus, Benvindo de Volta.
5: Welcome Thank back. You. Thank you.
3: And I want to say welcome back in more than one way. Like you've been back for eight games, five goals, second best selling jersey only to Messi. Do you feel back now?
5: Yeah, I definitely feel back now. The first weeks wasn't easy, especially after a long time. I think after LA Galaxy, I started to feel my body back in the right place and feeling good again.
3: Was it one moment or did it take some time?
5: No, it took some time, definitely even in trainings. I had good days, bad days in the games as well. First games, I was just feeling that I was thinking the right way, but my body wasn't answering me in the right way, feeling a little bit slow in my movements in the first weeks. But yeah, after my first start against LA Galaxy, I think my body was back in the right place.
3: Player of the match day 35, which is a first for St. Louis City, and a second brace, five goals, like I said, in eight games back. I mean, it really feels like not just back, but back.
5: Yeah, I'm. I'm really happy for for the moment. As a striker, it's always important to be scoring goals, and of course, this gives me a lot of confidence. But for us, the most important was what are we doing as a team. I think, yeah we've been successful so far.
3: Well, you said team first and you know, when I thought of that was the Dallas game, you pressured that it ended up in a turnover. It comes across most of us, I think, thought you were going to hit that and you left it for Nukvi. What a selfless act that was. I mean, you're a striker, like you said, you want to score goals and you left that for somebody else.
5: Yeah, I think in this game, in this moment, the ball wasn't in a good position for me to shoot. In this situation, I think my chance to score wasn't so high. I saw that Nokivu was behind me. Also, the defender was very close to me and Nokivu was in better position than me to score. That's why I decided to leave the ball.
3: I interviewed him not long after that game and how much that meant that you trusted him and that he was happy then to be a part of your first goal back.
5: Yeah, Nokivu is a great guy. He's a great teammate working very hard to get his confidence to adapt in the group. I'm sure he gonna help us a lot in this season in the next want to just call out two other people. First of all,
3: Roman Berkey, do you consider him a part of the attack? Of
5: course, Roman is always saving us in the critical moments, but also he's very smart with his feeds. A lot of attacks start from him. He's very smart to find long passes, sometimes between the lines as well, to broke their lines. Yeah, he's very important in both ways.
3: And then Edward Leuven, he knows where to put it for you and you know where to
4: be.
5: Yeah, you don't have to tell it, Do This guy see everything on the field. He's amazing player, amazing teammate, amazing person. In my opinion, he's the best box-to-box player in the league. It's very easy to play with him because if you make a good movement, he will find you. I'm very happy to have him as a teammate and even more as a friend.
3: Well, look at that one that comes from him across the box to Stroud, who turns it to you. I'm still trying to figure out what you did, and my kid is still trying to replicate what you did because that's not a finish we teach. MLS called it a filthy finish.
5: I will. Trying to control the ball to shoot with my left, but yeah, I have to be honest, I made a bad touch. <laughs> the ball, the ball bounces. I'm that. gonna edit that out. We're not gonna admit <laughs> that. We say no. You meant to do that. <laughs> yeah, and I was able to fix after that. But yeah, very difficult goal to score, and I was very happy to finish.
3: You know, I had a coach once tell me as a player, it doesn't have to be perfect. Just get something on the ball. I guess he was right.
5: <laughs> yeah, definitely he was right. Sometimes you just have to. How you say this word improvise?
3: Yes, you got it. And
5: during during of the games and we'll never be perfect. So sometimes we have to be able to do these things.
3: All your players and coach talked about you're the first to hold yourself accountable. Everybody accountable. Coach Bradley said even me, him as a coach. For somebody who's been away when you're injured, if you have to spend that time out, you don't really feel like a part of it. Does that speak to how much the team and what a really key piece that you are on this team.
5: First, my teammates, they were amazing during all this time. They always made me feel that I was helping them and I was inside of the group and I was part of the group. So they were amazing on that. I think the secret to be successful We have to be strong as a team. That's why we push each other every single day. We have to keep our feet on the ground. We have a great chance in our first year to play in playoffs. So we have to keep working hard, helping each other. And I think, yeah, then we have a chance to to achieve something else.
3: Team goals, personal goals for whatever's left of the season.
5: I think our goal is always think game by game. I think the coach mentioned in in his interview after the game, we conceded a goal in the last minute. Our locker room was very, very quiet. After the game was no music in the locker room. Everyone was just disappointed with the goal that we concede and this shows a lot about our characters that we have in the team. We always want to achieve more to win games with clean sheets. So yeah, this shows a lot about this group. Well,
3: best of luck in the game in Vancouver. Stay healthy Thank you. <laughs> and we can't wait to see you back here at City Park. Thank you.
5: All right, thanks, Jen, and
1: thank you, Klaus. Thank you, Santiago, and Lutz as well. A good little world of soccer right there looking at St. Louis City SC. Nice little trip around what's going on over at City Park. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll give you a little trip around sports, update you on everything that's happening, and then Ozzie Smith, the Hall of Famer, at 1145. Sports on a Sunday morning. So glad you're with us on what's a very, very nice fall morning here in St. Louis back after this. Once again, from the Stiefel Financial Sports Studio, Tom Ackerman. We are back on the show. Jacksonville with the football, trying to finish off the Buffalo Bills up 18-13 with 3.17 to go as time is ticking down. And third down now is what the Jaguars are facing, a third and four as they are trying to run out the clock on the Bills, but the Bills have a very good chance to get the ball back here and put the ball in Josh Allen's hands and try to rally for a touchdown. It's what they're going to need. They're down 5, 18-13. There is an injury timeout, however, on the Jacksonville side that has slowed things down at three fifteen. Hope everything is okay there. With a third and four, the Jaguars lead the Bills' first NFL game of the day as you are making your way to the sports bar or wherever you're about to settle in and watch some NFL. Hope you have a fantastic day. Let me show you a couple of other things that are happening around sports. We also have playoff baseball to follow today. We have the Chiefs on KMOX, by the way, 325 for the Kansas City Swifts. They'll be taking on the Vikings at 315. And... The Chiefs, I think, are going to be a lot better. I'm telling you, they're going to cover that spread today. They will be a lot better than they were offensively against the Jets this time around. Fix a few things. They'll be raring to go. Game three, uh, uh, game two, I should say, of the division series between the Rangers and Baltimore gets going at 3.07. So just before that, that'll be on FS1 if you want to catch the Rangers at the Orioles. I missed that game yesterday. I kind of peeked in here and there, but I was so. Uh, into the Mizzou LSU game in Oklahoma, Texas, and Ohio State, Maryland. It was just a college football, just a perfect college football day yesterday that I didn't get to catch as much of Texas and Baltimore as I wanted. Uh, Minnesota plays at Houston. That's the night game tonight. So it's a doubleheader on FS1. 3 is the start of the Twins at Houston with the Houston Astros leading that series 1-0. Texas is up one game to none. On the Orioles, Jordan Montgomery is pitching for the Rangers today. The former Cardinal gets the ball. All he did was spin seven scoreless in his wild card performance at Tampa Bay. Now he goes to Baltimore. Rangers haven't played a home game yet. They're 3-0 and in the playoffs, all of the games on the road. The Twins fell to the Astros yesterday. It'll be Lopez against Valdez in that one, Montgomery against Rodriguez in the Rangers-Orioles game. The other winners, as I mentioned, in the National League, Phillies beat the Braves 3-0. Diamondbacks just crushed the Dodgers 11-2. Be very curious to see how that plays out as that'll start back up on Monday with Gallen against Miller. Oh, man. The Diamondbacks can go up 2-0 and come home. They'll be Dodgers fans at Arizona for sure, but it's still you're playing at home. Anything can happen in that ballpark. Those young sluggers, the Dodgers have some work to do for sure. That's a tough one for them tonight, or tomorrow night, uh, against the Diamondbacks. Phillies and Braves will start back up tomorrow. Wheeler against Freed in that matchup. The Phillies have the advantage now, and if they pick up another win and get that home field rolling in Philadelphia, that series could be over very quickly. And I would be shocked I mean, the Braves were the best team all year, 104 wins, and it can all be over just like that. We've seen it with the Cardinals before. We saw it in 2015 when they won 100 games and the Cubs knocked them out. We saw it last year. They win the division, all the excitement about Pujols and about Molina's final year, and then the Phillies knock them out in two. So it can happen in a hurry. Uh, Mizzou lost that game to LSU yesterday, 49-39. We talked a lot about it I had uh, a visit with Chris May if you want to go back and listen to that with the Lachlan Family Champion Center that happened at 10 30 we talked a lot of slew basketball as well Doug Armstrong just joined us at ten forty-five. really enjoyed talking to the Blues GM this morning you can hear all of these on our Sports on a Sunday Morning podcast page at KMOX.com Simone Biles has won again And this is just an incredible story. Her comeback, she had to take that mental break. And let me just tell you a little bit about what she has done. She has won two more gold medals at the World Championships. She claimed the women's beam with a superb routine. This is happening in Belgium. She returned later in the afternoon, took the gold medal in the floor exercise. She just wins golds. She started her collection of 23 world titles 10 years ago. And she has made a stunning return to the international stage. I, like many, thought maybe that's it for her. You know, she'll go into the spotlight and speak out against uh, or for your mental health, which I believe has more people aware than ever before. I love that people talk about mental health. And I think she is part of it, that she decided she needed to take a break. But she comes back and is the best gymnast in the world again. She is the most decorated gymnast in history, male or female, as of what she just did. She claimed a silver medal on the vault. The sixth all around title made her the most decorated gymnast in history, male or female. She led the U.S. women to a record seventh straight victory in the team event. She's won a record 37 medals at the World Championships and the Olympics. Kyle Busch had some interesting things to say recently to the Associated Press about his style of driving. Today is at Charlotte Motor Speedway, NASCAR, trying to finish out its playoff season. And Bush is going to try to stave off elimination here. He doesn't need a win to guarantee that he advances into the round of eight, but The only guaranteed path is that he wins today in Charlotte. He's going to start fifth, but he is below the cut line, 12th in the standings. He trails Tyler Reddick, Bubba Wallace, who's celebrating a birthday today, and Ross Chastain. And Reddick, ninth in the standings, won the poll in qualifying yesterday. He trails Brad Keselowski by just two points for the eighth and final spot. But Bush has been very... Self-critical, I would say he's the he won here in St. Louis earlier this year, was as happy as could be, looked great, but he said he needs to fix his driving style to better adapt to NASCAR's next-gen car, which is in its second year. He says his driving has been stupid. He said that he was involved in an early crash at Talladega, left into the at the bottom of the standings. Uh, he is a two-time Cup champion, but he's been involved in either a spin or a crash in 13 races this season. He has not finished six different races, but he's also won three times his first year of driving for Richard Childress Racing. They last won a cup title in 1994, and so he's trying to get them that. But he did win in St. Louis at Worldwide Technology Raceway. It was a lot of fun to see. Him excited and and him with his family, but for right now he is being very critical. So it puts a little more intrigue into this race coming up today in North Carolina, the NASCAR race in St. Louis. By the way, the schedule was officially announced earlier this week. It will be Sunday, June second, at two thirty in the afternoon at Worldwide Technology Raceway, the Enjoy Illinois three hundred NASCAR's third season. They sold out year one. They sold out year two. St. Louis delivered. Now it's time to do it a third time. So it'll be fun to see how that all plays out as well. We'll take a quick timeout when we come back. Somebody who knows all about October baseball and about playing in front of big crowds. The one and only Osborne Earl Smith. The Wizard, Ozzy Smith, next on KMOX.
2: A changeup and a line drive and scoop by Ozzy. Thread. Force out. He took a hit away from Reedus by getting the fourth tough in second base on a backhanded scoop and a throw to Tommy Hurd. He swings and grounds it deep into the hole. Ozzy dives, backhands, throws. He got him. What a play. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Swing and a pop fly behind short. Coming hard is Ford and a dive. Ozzy caught it. It was fantastic. And the runner. Goes back to first with two out. You should have seen it with like a circus out there. Under- Ford diving toward the infield. Ozzie diving toward the outfield. They're on their feet. He caught it. Ground ball deep into the hole. Ozzie has it. long throw. Will he get him? All right, he did. The inning's over. That was
1: his seventh thousand assists one out nobody on top of the ninth inning cards lead 12 to 11 the 1-1-2 Sanders swinging a ground ball to short Ozzie a backhand
2: the long throw out at first base and what a great play by the wizard two out Dion couldn't believe it he thought that was a base hit all the way but Ozzie came up firing and he bounced
1: it to first Guerrero dug it out only the wizard Send that one to Coach Prime over in Boulder, Colorado. See what he has to say about that. Ozzie Smith throwing it. I love that one. I, you know, <laughs> the go crazy folks, everybody plays go crazy folks. Give me the Ozzie throwing out Dion Sanders with young Joe Buck calling it. I love it. How are you, Ozzie? All right, Tom, how you doing? Doing great. Ozzie Smith, the Hall of Famer, with us live on KMOX. It's always great to have you on. Before we get to your big event coming on October 15th with none other than Albert Pujols, if that doesn't get your attention, I don't know what will, let me ask you about being on the field Sunday for Adam Wainwright's goodbye ceremony. That was, I, I've seen some good ones. That's as good mm-hmm. as the Cardinals have ever done, I think.
0: Yeah, that was very nice, and... Uh... You know, uh, those last two games uh, for Adam to get to, to 200. Boy, I tell, I think we all pulled our hair out and bit our nails and all of that. And uh, you know, when he won the his 200th game, he pitched an outstanding game, and uh, I think it was very fitting the way that uh, the way that it ended for him and. I know there was a lot of talk last year about the fact that uh, Albert and Yachty and he are were were all getting ready to retire, but I think this year was 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 uh was very special with the way that he was able to to get those two hundred wins and I and that was all I think that was always kind of the goal and and the hope that he would be able to do that. And then uh to be able to go out and he pitched some he had some, some great outings and they just didn't have the run support. And even the day that he won, he didn't get a lot of run support, but he pitched with his heart, his soul, and his guts. And I think that that's one of the reasons that he's so admired here in town. He comes from that that lineage of cardinal pitchers that that um, that had that that ability to compete. And I'm talking about the Gibsons, the um, carpenters, and all those guys that has grit. And uh, he showed that that last day, and and uh, Sunday was very, very special for him. Um, and the fact that we were able to get Albert and, and Yachty back here and get those guys together was very special for all of us that are Cardinal fans.
1: Wasn't that incredible to see them coming out of the dugout and joining Adam on the field and you're right about that I mean what a pitcher what a career now we just need to get a few of those guys and we'll be okay uh, we yeah. <laughs> that's easier said than done I mean what do you think about the Cardinals going into 24 here
0: well I I mean it's going to be it, it's going to be a challenge and I think we we realize what a challenge I think the organization realizes that it's a, it's going to be a challenge but um you know I think it's what's made this organization great they've been able to end up to the challenge of being able to put quality out there on the field and this year was uh, it was just one of those years where nothing really worked. I don't think that all year they were able to get anything going on a consistent basis and I think that's what baffled all of us because we've always been able to get on some type of run uh, with the, especially with the talent that, that they have. you know there's no reason that this club shouldn't sh- shouldn't have won more games, but it is what it is. So now you just, uh, you're just going into the off season knowing that there are a lot of changes that have to be made. And uh, I'm sure that, that Mo and the, the DeWitts are putting their heads together with their scouts and people in the organization to, to try and turn it back around.
1: This is, of course, the greatest to ever do it. Ozzie Smith, the Hall of Famer, with us on KMOX. I direct your attention to OzzieSmithGolf.com. OzzieSmithGolf.com. It's that easy, and it's going to take you directly to the gala on October 15th to benefit the PGA Reach Gateway Foundation. Ozzie is the president of that foundation. At the Ritz-Carlton, you have a -a one-of-a-kind dinner, an unplugged conversation with None other than Albert Pujols. What a night that's going to be!
0: <laughs> yeah, it's uh, shaping up to be a wonderful evening, and of course, um, you know I, I can't wait to be able to spend some time talking with Albert. And um, you know, when you when you have a player of his caliber, uh, to be able to to sit down and and find out what makes the machine work, uh, and I, we've had the good fortune of having some real great, great ones here, you know, from Bo Jackson to Dr. J to Hank Aaron, um, the list just goes on and on of greats. And Albert certainly continues that, uh, that tradition of having people who were not only good, but great at what they do and, um, and, and stuff. So as you said, October 15th at the rips, uh, we'll have, um, we'll have an auction. We'll have a silent auction. We'll have a live auction. And we're raising money. We're starting our capital campaign to hopefully build this nine hole multi recreational facility across from Herbert Hoover's Boys Club um, that will ultimately give kids in the inner city the opportunity to, or the exposure to, not only the game of golf, but the business of golf as well.
1: I know that you have partnered with a number of people on this, and this is the 14th annual Gala and Pro-Am, your golf tournament the next day in St. Albans. I better get to the range. I, I shut it down yeah. for a little while. I got <laughs> to get going. Here. I got to get it going. But but what you're doing for, the, for St. Louis, Ozzy, is very important. And I know that golf is one of your loves, but it's the competitive nature the business of golf everything that surrounds the sport you're giving people an opportunity to do something that you were not able to do growing up in southern california
0: right um and and that's the impetus for all of this you know because it was one of those things that i was never exposed to as a young man i wish i had i had to i've had to learn to to do it as an older person and of course it's a lot tougher um, when you're older, to learn the game. But if you're willing to work hard and put forth the effort, which I was, I've was, never been afraid of, uh, you're able to get yourself to a, a place of where you don't embarrass yourself when you go out and play in front of people. And I've had the, the pleasure now of, of playing with the great Jack Nicklaus, Annika Sorenstam, uh, Tom Watson, um, um who else have I played with? Uh, the best of the best. Jim, there, I, pl- I played with. Yeah, I played with uh, Jim Thorpe. Um, it just the list just goes on and on, and it and it enabled me to uh, learn the game of golf, but while well, at the same time understand the business of it, and and that's the thing that I'm trying to do with young kids is give them another alternative because most times in the African American community, it's about football, baseball, and basketball, and and stuff, and so. Uh, this year, I think, gives them an alternative, and hopefully we'll be able to find somebody that ho- down the road will say that this all started with PGA Reach here in St. Louis, and um, hopefully that, that will happen at some point in time.
1: Ritz-Carlton, October 15th. It's a Sunday night. Ozzie Smith and Albert Pujols to benefit the PGA Reach Gateway Foundation. It is Ozzie and Friends, the gala of the 14th annual. Go to ozzysmithgolf.com to grab your tickets. You will not regret it. It is some night. I appreciate yeah. it, Ozzie.
0: All right, Tom. And, and let me say, too, you know, of course, the golf filled up very quickly. We still have some, some spots for the gala and stuff, and if you can not join us for the golf, then certainly come out for the gala. It'll be a lot of fun, and you'll probably run into a lot of people you know.
1: I look forward to being there. Thank you so much. Great to talk right. to you. All
0: um, right, Thank you.